welcome to Coptic Canonia, where we talk to members of the Coptic community about their passions and talents so we can grow together as one. Hello everyone and welcome back to Coptic Canonia. I know it's been a very long time, but I promise you the wait was worth it because today we do not just have one special guest, we have three guests and they're all special. Um, we have Dr. Elizabeth Pham, Dr. Marianne Hanan, and Dr. Joseph Elfar. All three of them are graduates from New Jersey Medical School and they're all entering their residencies for psychiatry. Today we're going to be covering a range of topics from mental health to psychiatry as a whole. Thank you guys for being here and let's get started. So my first question is what got you guys interested in psychiatry in the first place? Was this something that you guys knew you wanted to do before you entered into medical school? Like during college you knew you enjoyed psych? Or was this something you found out later on throughout your journey in medicine? So I was sort of interested in psych and I kind of had it in the back of my mind. But going into medical school, I definitely did not know for sure what kind of doctor I wanted to be. I just tried to keep an open mind and just follow my instincts like I did with choosing medicine uh, during undergrad. I kind of just paid attention to what aspects of patient care that I enjoyed the most. And also, like on the other hand, just as important to make a note of the aspects that are maybe less energizing uh, for me as a person. So I found that talking to patients, forming relationships with them, educating them, supporting them through their journey in the hospital, that was my favorite part of the day by far, no matter how bad the day was or how difficult the day could be. That was so much better than any other aspect of their care. And then when I did my rotations and I saw how nicely psychiatry fit in with that mold, I just was completely sold on it. It was interesting. I loved it. Worked out well. Before I started medical school, uh, I did think about psychiatry. It wasn't, definitely wasn't like my top choice or my bottom choice. It was just something I was thinking about. Medicine, you know, is very large, you know, and, uh, you know, some people, you know, if you go to medical school, uh, you might be sitting to the left of somebody who never practices clinical medicine, or you might be sitting next to the right, somebody who's, all they do is clinical medicine. So um, and it's important to keep an open mind uh, if you are in the medical route. So I, I thought about all of them. What settled for me about psychiatry was uh, psychiatry was never boring to me. I mean, I like all of medicine, but I think psychiatry specifically, there was just something about it, the stories of the patients, the connection that I make with the patients, uh, the different treatments and the different, you know, modalities that you're using and, and how much you are connecting with the patient. I think to me, that's what really hit home. Uh, if I could use an analogy, if you guys can humor me, um, you know, I, I think about doctors, if doctors were mechanics, the other doctors would be working on the car and the psychiatrist would be working on the driver. And I, I actually, I, I really resonate with that analogy because I feel like you're really talking to the person uh, when you're doing things in, with mental health, which, which is what I'm really interested in. I love making human connection and um, that was very important to me. Another thing that's very important to me is, is work-life balance. Uh, and I think that's something everyone should consider when they're choosing any career. Uh, psych psychiatry really offers you uh, the ability to really craft your own schedule. Like, you know, if you want to work 
a million hours a week, you can. If you don't want to work at all, if you want to work part-time, you can. I, I think not a lot of specialties really offer this kind of freedom. Um, and I think psychiatry does. And I think that was really important for me because, you know, I just want to be able to craft my own kind of experience when I, when I get out there in the real world and work. Thanks, Joe. Liz, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, so I didn't know that I wanted to be a psychiatrist going into medical school. I primarily did my shadowing and volunteer work in primary care, so that was always in the back of my mind. I knew that I liked the physician-patient encounter. I liked the art of communicating with patients, so I wanted a field that emphasized that. When I started my rotations, I, I went in with an open mind and I tried to see, you know, during each rotation what I liked, what I didn't like. And I found that I really liked the psychosocial part of whichever rotation that I was in. So when I got to my psychiatry rotation, it was just like a perfect fit for me. It was very interesting. It's a field where you see many different patients. You diagnose serious and interesting diseases. You help improve people's mental health through treatment. And as you all know, mental health affects every part of somebody's health because that can help them with their work. It helps them with uh, their ability to take care of other parts of their health. So I thought it was a really profound way to help patients. Also, another cool thing about psychiatry is that it's a really varied field. You can work in different settings, like in the emergency room, you could work in an inpatient psychiatric unit, you could do outpatient psychiatry. Uh, there's also different specialties like addiction psychiatry and child psychiatry. There's forensic psychiatry. And you really, you could do like whatever you want in it. And it's really interesting. And um, you get to use different ways of treating patients too. You don't, you're not just limited to medications. You can use therapy and other um, interventions that can really make an impact on patients. As with all of my podcasts, I wanted to try to take what you guys do and bring it to a more broad setting for everyone listening. And I believe that our Coptic Church more recently has been trying a lot to help fix certain misconceptions and stigmas that we have around mental health. So let's try to delve into that for a moment. What do you guys think our churches should be implementing in order to cater to both those struggling with mental health and those people who know others who are, who are struggling with their mental health and you know, want to help their friends? Just to start off on a positive note, just so we have some kind of hopeful perspective on this. I do think that our community here in the U.S. specifically has come a long way, at least during the course of my lifetime. So we should recognize this and give credit there. But that being said, it would, of course, be incorrect to say that mental illness is completely accepted or it's completely destigmatized. That's definitely not true, not in the church and definitely not in America on the whole. So... We all know there's a lot of room for growth and for uh, learning for all of us surrounding mental health. Um, and the progress that we've made thus far doesn't mean that we should stop learning more or that we're done. We have a responsibility to ourselves and to each other as one body to take care of each other. For those who are struggling with mental health, I think it's important for you to understand that you're not alone and that there are so many resources that the church can help set you up with uh, to deal with the symptoms that you're experiencing. And even more important, that there's absolutely nothing wrong or shameful or 
uh, anything to be embarrassed about for asking for help if and when you need it. Um, so in the same way that you, if you're struggling with a class, for example, you would seek out a tutor, or if you're struggling with a particular sin, you'd seek spiritual advice from your father of confession or a spiritual father um, to help you deal with it. So we should try to see psychiatry services in the same light, or psych services in general in the same light. Um, that they're a helpful resource that can make a huge difference um, and not something to be ashamed of. Um, and then for those who know somebody or suspect they know somebody who suffers from mental illness, I think it's important to um, have like trained priests and servants to recognize these things and, and have a confidential way of um, helping these people get the resources that they need. Yeah, so um, I definitely agree with Marianne that the church has been doing a lot um, in trying to mitigate, mitigate the stigmas that surround mental illness. And there have been like committees, like in my church, for example, they have like a committee where they reach out via email and other ways um, telling people that if you're struggling with any type of mental illness, reach out to us and we can try to connect you to a professional. So it's great that it's out there and that people know that there are resources available. So I think we definitely need to continue to do that. Um, and I think we need to continue educating, especially servants who are in kind of like the best position to identify, sometimes identify mental illness, like in teenagers or kids, you know, they do visitations, they see their kids in class, they interact with the parents and the families. So maybe giving um, servants like the tools to identify maybe concerning things so that things can be addressed early on is also um, a great thing. And it's something that is, is starting to be done in churches. Just to add to that, um, I, I think it's, it's, it's a really good point that we need to educate our servants in being able to anticipate when they see certain situations that might be, you know, a sign for someone needing, you know, further action. And I, I think also another thing that we should be going into is just this idea that we also need to educate parents um, so that they're not always, you know, frightened on the sight of it, because I think that a lot of us as Egyptians, like we think, oh, Yanni, let's let's avoid this topic whatsoever. We don't want to talk about it. This is not something that, you know, is happening to my my son or something like that, my, or my daughter. Joe, do you do you have anything to add to this as well? Yeah, I uh, I think the main the main key for me is uh, awareness, you know, and and acknowledgement that you know mental health is you know a very real thing like physical health. Uh, a lot of people could be struggling with things that are not outwardly apparent. Um, I think, you know, the training of uh, priests and, uh, and servants about like uh, being able to distinguish between a spiritual issue and a psychological issue. Uh, I think the overwhelming majority of priests already, you know, do a very good job at this. Uh, I think the next step would be to have a network of mental health providers, preferably from the community, uh, from the Coptic community who can help collaborate with clergy uh, to address the needs of the congregation when it comes to mental health issues or, uh, you know, social issues. Uh, going on, what misconceptions do you guys think that many of us have, and, and especially in the Coptic community, about mental health? And, like, how can we work on those misconceptions? So, yeah, so I think there's a lot of misconceptions about mood disorders like depression and anxiety, um, which are 
those things are often attributed to a lack of faith or a lack of strength or a person's own shortcomings or if somebody has like ADHD or an addiction to drugs or anything else and people attribute that to a lack of willpower or self lack of self-control and what everybody needs to realize is that when it comes to mental illness there are a lot of factors that contribute to mental illness and it's kind of impossible to pinpoint just one thing that's causing it so instead of trying to blame or find the exact cause it's important for us to be supportive to people who are dealing with these illnesses first and foremost and to direct them to help getting them to the proper treatment will allow them to move move forward with their life and to excel as opposed to focusing on the negative and maybe blaming them for something that they might not be able to control. So I definitely, I agree with everything Liz said, that there should be a focus on taking away blame on an individual because with a lot of psychiatric illnesses, there's a physical change that's happening that's causing whatever the symptoms are that they're experiencing. So it's not necessarily something that they can control. So you know, in the same way you wouldn't blame somebody for having like heart disease or liver problems or kidney problems or diabetes, like you can't, you, you wouldn't blame them or say you're not trying hard enough, you're not praying hard enough. That's not like an appropriate response there. So we got to try to refocus on how we perceive mental illnesses. There's a, a lot of times when you mention something that's a psychiatric illness, people have like a very specific image in mind. And it's usually something based on the media or like old cultural views or whatever, it's not necessarily realistic. So just to separate what you, any preconceived notions and really focus on the person and trying to help them. Joe, do you have anything to add to that as well? I, I wholeheartedly agree with what Liz and uh, Marianne said. I, I think the, my one takeaway just to draw the line between, I guess, spiritual life and mental health is everyone can attain salvation, but not everyone can be mentally healthy. And, you know, that's, you know, sickness is not anyone's own fault. Uh, being sick with mental health issues is not, does not mean you're a morally compromised individual. It doesn't mean any of that. It, and in fact, God doesn't reject you because you're sick. I think that's my main uh, point is Mental health should be treated like any other uh, physical ailment. Uh, it's something people struggle with, and it doesn't make you any more good or bad. It doesn't make you any more less or more deserving of anything. So that's just one thing I want people to keep in mind. Not all of us are deeply involved in psychiatry, but how can we better educate ourselves in these topics? Because as you know, a lot of us, even though if we're not, you know, necessarily in this field of work, we need to be aware of it as a community. So do you think the church should, you know, dedicate whole resources and time to educating our congregations about these topics? And I'm talking about congregations as a whole, not just simply, you know, just the servants or anything like that. You know, I, I speak from a place of a lay person in the church. I, I'm Definitely, you know, I, I 
have no right to be telling the church what they should or shouldn't do. Um, I think I think in general it should be less about information uh, and more about practical advice. I think we should all be aware that mental health is around us, mental illness is around us. Uh, it's in our friends, it's in our family, it's in our community, and sometimes it's in ourselves. Uh, and I think this realization should make you just a bit more compassionate um, in your behavior. Sometimes just being a good friend and a good person to people is all they need to get back on track. Um, I think, you know, this is kind of funny to say, but if if Jesus was, you know, among you and your friends, uh, you would have a therapeutic relationship with Jesus, right? Like Jesus wouldn't be there to judge you or he wouldn't be there to make you feel bad or, you know, and, you know, flare up your kind of like mental health issues. Uh, Jesus would kind of have like a therapeutic kind of relationship with you. And I think we should all strive to be more Christ-like in our friend, in our relationships. Uh, I think that alone will help people out who are suffering. So I want to agree with um, Joe and what he said about how we need to be more Christ-like. And that is the basis of everything, whether or not we know about psychiatry or mental health topics. Um, it's having love and being there for others is the foundation of everything. And it would help um, a lot of people grow in a more positive environment and a more supportive environment where they feel safe and they feel that they could reach out to people if um, they're having any issues. And I think the church, there are many servants in the church who have taken initiative in providing education on several topics, whether it be be on video or audio or written resources. Um, I know Father Luke Estefanos and Dr. Mina Mirholm, Dr. Haniasha Mulla, and many others, they have many resources available to the community for servants and for lay people. So I think the information is out there for anyone who is interested. And I, I do believe that the main thing that we need to do is educate people on the same way we treat teach people about you know you know like those arabic channels where they like talk about like diabetes and healthy eating and all that stuff mental health is the same thing so if we can just tell people like what the uh the early signs are and what to look look for and how to identify things that would be really helpful in helping getting someone to the doctor early as opposed to later on when things get worse I also, I'm just, I definitely think that investing uh, time and effort into education is um, really critical um, in the fight against stigma, just because education is the best way to combat misunderstanding, and misunderstanding is what causes stigma. So, like Liz said, like seeking out resources from, there's a lot of initiative with like speakers and servants who have taken initiative in teaching about this stuff. So those are great resources to have, but just a quick plug, if you're going to do your own research, please make sure that you're doing reputable research because it's very easy to find misinformation on the internet or misrepresented information on the internet. Even if it looks legit, sometimes the way you read a paper can affect what it's actually saying. So if you have questions, like feel free to reach out to anybody who would be able to interpret that a little better for you. Or if you have questions, always reach out. Don't hesitate to do that. 
Thank you so much, guys. I, I think you really covered um, that very important idea very well. And I think it's just a lot of us as a community, we, we get uncomfortable talking about these types of topics, especially if we're facing challenges of our own. So beyond what we should be talking about, how exactly can we as a community foster a better environment for discussion of these topics? Well, it's, I just want to start off by saying it's totally natural to feel uncomfortable talking about things that make you feel vulnerable or that you're not familiar with or that you don't understand. That's a normal human reaction. The important thing is that we try, try to understand that these illnesses can affect any and everyone. Like Joe said, it can be around us. It can be even sometimes within us. Um, and that we should try to focus on the person and not the affliction. So I just want to echo some thoughts that Liz and Joe had before. Christ is a healer and a physician and a savior. So he, he loves to take care of the sick and everybody has their own sicknesses in their own ways, whether it's a mental illness or a sin or whatever else is going on. Try to keep in mind that in the same way that you'd want to be seen as a person and not your flaws, you should also try to look at other people in the same way. Joe? I think mental health awareness and education is important for everyone. Um, however, you know, I think privacy of mental health issues is also very important. So while it's important to foster a kind of community that will make it easy to talk to, to talk about it, uh, I think, you know, privacy is still the most important thing. Uh, I don't think the church needs to expend a great deal of resources to provide this. Uh, really just have a network of mental health professionals who are available to help uh, in some respects. Yeah, and uh, just to add to that, I, I think the, the point that was mentioned earlier about the idea that if we really act Christ-like in our relationships, that in and of itself will foster a good opportunity for us to be able to just allow people to speak when they want to speak and, you know, be open to everything that they want to say, not making anyone feel uncomfortable. So just for anyone listening who might be interested in this field of study, do you guys have any advice going in? I'd say that for anyone who's interested, keep an open mind and try to get some exposure by shadowing just so um, you can maybe see for yourself what psychiatry and practice looks like because uh, there's a lot of different forms of it. So reach out to people in the field, ask questions, and as you're thinking about it and deciding about it and meditating on it, just remember that you're considering a very sensitive field. Um, and sometimes that can elicit difficult emotions for you to deal with, even as like a, a clinician. So you want to be honest with yourself how you feel about things that happen. And it's okay if it ends up being the field for you or not the field for you. Um, you just want to find the field of work where you can represent Christ and help your brothers and sisters. I, I would just say, you know, like, if you do want to be go to medical school. It's a hard, it's a long and hard journey, and I'm still in the middle of it to become a physician, you know, but I don't think I'd be comfortable doing anything else. My biggest advice to anyone listening who's thinking about doing medicine or psychiatry, uh, define what's important to you in your life first, and pick a, pick a career based on that. Thank you so much, Joe. Uh, Liz, do you have anything? Uh, I agree with Marianne and Joe, um, going to medical school is definitely a journey and it can be very challenging, but with anything in life, that's worth it 
comes with hard work. Do the shadowing, do your research. Like Joe said, see what's important to you in life and try to do something that falls in line with what you enjoy, with, with your talents, with um, something that will energize you. And do something that you actually want to do. Don't ever let anybody influence you um, because it's what you're going to wake up every morning to do. And it's something that has to be uh, important to you. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. This is a very important topic, as we all know, and I'm so glad that we were able to cover it. I know you guys are super busy, so your time is very much appreciated. Thank you for the open discussion. Tony. Thanks, Tony. Thank you, Tony. Thank you for the opportunity to speak. And again, thank you to our listeners today. I hope this podcast can become an inspiration to us all, encouraging us to pursue our passions, to build one another, and become useful members in the body of Christ. I'm Tony Saad, and this is Copta Canonia.